And that's what I love about your confidence angle, because it gave me such confidence that I could make a difference just from being a normal woman trying to stay married, trying not to screw up my kids, that I have this power, that we all have this power. And that's why I'm on a mission to share the story, because we could all take part in this. I'll have what she's having. Welcome to another edition of Digital Confidence Podcast. Stories by women for women. This is the She Talks Confidence podcast. Hey, everybody, back again. This is Tony Dufresne, PhD. I'm really excited this week to have a really interesting twist on confidence, on kinship, on connection. I didn't really mean to be alliterative there, but it happened. It is Amy Daughters. Amy, how are you? I'm great, Tony. How are you? I'm I'm great. I'm so excited to have you on and, and hear your story because. It bring it brought about something because I'm from the old school generation, being in my late fifties now, and writing letters and postcards and whatnot. And one of your big things about connection and kinship and retaining confidence and reaching out to people and just being a good person, a good teammate, a good citizen is about writing letters again, which is almost a lost art. It is a lost art, and I unintentionally went on a letter-writing journey, and the lack of intention on my part made the journey even more magical. So let's just start from the beginning about what, what made you start that whole thing. What was the impetus for that, and how did that impact you and the people that you wrote to? Tony, I was just minding my own business and I was on Facebook in 2014, like everyone else. And I had an old camp friend who I thought of. We'd spent like six weeks together at this summer camp. We both have huge personalities, no real lucid memories, but I'd always remembered her. And I put her name in Facebook one day. She pops up. Her name's Dana. I'm like, Mm. oh, it's Dana. And I stalk (laughs) her a little bit. I do the friendship request. She probably doesn't even remember me. She accepts. And then I start looking at her page and looking through her life like everyone else does. And I right away, I realized that this woman, has overachieved and has five children. And she has one child. The only boy is the youngest. His name is Parker. And right away, I figure out this kid is got cancer. He's fighting for his life at St. Jude in Memphis. Oh, wow. So as a mom, as a fellow human being, as a person, I immediately become invested in these people's story. Mm-hmm. And I will admit to, I call it like the DEFCONs of, of craziness in this story. So I started out like a DEFCON 5, like being a normal person. And then I got involved and, you know, the story, I watched it play out. And then he went into remission, got to come home to Louisiana. And then he, he, in 2000. 14, he relapsed or 2015, he relapsed, goes back to St. Jude. And I again become invested in these people's story. Hadn't spoken to this woman in 30 years, had never met the kid. Mm. And when he went back to Memphis, I was, I'm a writer and it just hit me like a lightning bolt. I was like, I'm going to write them letters. I'm going to write cards to the Ronald McDonald house. And I had no, like there was no, it was just a moment. I was like, that's what I'll do. And I like had a writing schedule. I wrote about college football at the time. And I was like, I'll just make them my Sunday for Monday. Had you uh, been a big letter writer in the past? Was this something that you just typically did like way back when, and then said, I should start this again. Or where was that? Where'd that come from? That's a great question. I hadn't written a letter in probably 25 years when I did this. And I wrote letters like you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. like everyone else did in the seventies and eighties. I grew up, went to college, sure. went to camp, yeah. wrote letters, yeah. but I hadn't written a letter. I was never like a big letter writer. That wasn't my thing. I just did it like we all did it as the source of communication sure. long distance uh, back in the day. So mm-hmm. I start sending Parker and Dana it starts with cards and then it turned into a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And then after about eight weeks of writing the two of them at the Ronald McDonald house and 
there's no good words for any of this, but Parker passes away at 15. Oh, that's terrible. He's, he's only 15. So I, I, I remember sitting in my office. So what, it had nothing to do with me. And I was very clear on that. I knew that. But I was like, what do I do next? And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to keep writing Dana. So I stalked her husband, found his law, his address of his office because I didn't know where she worked. And I just kept sending the letters. So for about four months, I sent her letters. And then she started writing me back. I was going to say, did she? When did she start writing you back? And when she did she come around to say these have been such a huge thing for me? Did she initially say what the impact was, or did that come about from time? She had sent me a Facebook message and gave me her home address. That was the first clue I got that she was receiving the letters and mm-hmm. reading them. And but it, right away she was like, "You have no idea what these letters mean, especially the fact that they kept coming past, like when the casseroles all stopped coming, the mm-hmm. gr- the, the process of supporting grieving people." Yeah. And she said, I, "We just can't believe someone who we." barely remember from 30 years ago would take the time to so there was power that the letters kept coming and i remember sitting going this is stupid this is crazy why are you sending this woman these letters and it's not going to do any good because it was just craziness and, and then so she starts writing me back she starts telling me about her grief about her life i start telling her about my life looking at my life from the outside in these cards turn into letters like long letters and we started to trust each other there was this unbelievable trust created mm-hmm. because there's this vacuum i don't know what she believes she doesn't know what i believe Mm-hmm. We don't know what our political, but we, we know nothing. We're just sharing about everything. And it was this profound connection of trust that shouldn't be there, mm-hmm. this intimacy that I did not expect. We became just like each other's. There was We anchored each other somehow through the mail, still mm-hmm. not speaking, no electronic communication. So I sat back after about four months, six months of writing her, and I was like, man, if this, all this, can I change my life with this one random girl. What about these other five or 600 people? So I was like, and this is where like we went to DEF CON 2. I was like, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to stick all 600 of my Facebook friends' names in a box. And I'm going to pull one out every day and I'm going to start writing these people letters. And so I literally, in 18 months, I had stationary Amy Daughters, your Facebook friend at the top. And I wrote all, I wrote 580 handwritten letters and it blew up my life. So I went from being a girl who I was, and I had no intentions of doing anything but writing these letters and it blew up my life. And now I went from a girl who hadn't written a letter in 25 years to a girl who will literally take any opportunity to talk about letter writing. That's incredible. And with 580 letters, and even with your, the, the first woman that you were writing letters to, how did you start that? And is there, and do you have a process in terms of how that kind of goes along? And was there a lot of follow up from the 580? I can imagine that your wrist is very sore. Oh yeah, no, I ha- I still have a callus on uh, where my pen rested, and I still write Dana every week. The process of writing the letters—that's a great question because what are you going to say to these people? Sure. And I didn't even yeah. think this through because I like had a journal and yeah. I put down like the rules. Here's the way we're going to do this. Here's that's how I work. Here's mm-hmm. the way. And I never thought I was going to finish. I don't really think I was thought I was serious, but it gained so much momentum. And it, it changed my life so profoundly that I could not stop. And then I had people, after a certain number of letters, people started to expect it once the, they, the cat yeah. was out of the bag that I was writing the letters. But that's the best question is, what do you say in a letter? Sure. And it did turn into 
a process, <clears throat> not that I planned on having, but that, and, and here's really the power in the whole thing is, is the way I ended up going about writing the letters. Cause first of all, I would have to go, cause in a lot of cases, if you think about your 600, 500, a thousand friends, whatever your number is, 200, you're, you're some of these people you're not going to have seen in 30 years, or you're sure. going to have danced at some wedding with. And then you were like, had a couple vodka gimlets and friended them in the women's bathroom or whatever your story is. Uh-huh. And so the first thing I would do is what I did with Dana. That first day that she uh, accepted my friendship request, I'm going to go look at their page. And the great thing is when you're trying to write somebody a letter, you're going to look harder. You're going to be like, okay, so the first person is, you, first thing is you take this person out of the box of whatever you thought they were, whatever their post said or w- how you think they might have voted or where they align with, which is super powerful right now. Mm-hmm. And so first of all, you're like, oh my gosh, this person lives in Savannah, Georgia. He ended up getting a degree at blah, 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 or mm-hmm. she's a missionary over here, or he is a doctor or she's a foster mom. You're like, oh my God, this person's life is as real as mine is. And so you're, you're getting these little nuggets of stuff, connection points. And then the second step turned into, okay, who is this person and what do they mean to me? And giving them the personal value back that they had whenever you interact with them. And so then all of a sudden, the combination of those two things, here's a real person with a real experience who's suffered losses and triumphs and was struggling against this. And here's what they mean to me. Oh my gosh then it's easy to write this personal letter. Because what you're going to do is you're going to be like, hey, congratulations. on I had a guy who won an Emmy who I went to high school with and I had no idea. Like, congratulations on your Emmy. Or I'm sorry that you lost your mother and I see that your sister's battling cancer. You say these things that you would say to them if you saw them in person, if you even knew. And then the second thing I did is I was like, hey, Tony, remember when we were in high school together and my grandfather died and you sat with me by the payphone and you were like, I'm sorry. I said things that I wanted to say. I had so much stuff. I, I had so many things I needed to say to people that I didn't know until, and again, I didn't intend to do any of this. It just, that's the way it, it worked out. But over and over again, my gratitude meter just went off the charts because I was like, wait a second, I have people to thank. And it's so gratifying. And I realized it's never, ever too late to tell someone that you care or that they're appreciated or they're valued or they love. And people just, the letters meant so much because it just, yeah, they were meaningful. And it, it, but it's really the act too, because if I write you a letter, Tony, if you go pull it out of the box, you're going to create just this magical moment for somebody because they're going to pull it out and they're going to be like, I matter to another human being because this person sat down with a pen and they had to find paper. And then, and then you had to get in a car and go find a blue mailbox and drop it in. People are going to be like, this is pure gold. Back in the day when we didn't have cell phones or pagers or even just pay phones somewhere, getting a letter was a huge deal. It was almost like a Christmas present. And, and you know, like a personal letter, not one from wherever, but just like a personal handwritten letter was just such a gift. When you first started doing this and decided to do this, was your intention really more for your self-discovery or was it more of a giving thing to the people that you were writing to? I was so mesmerized by this connection with Dana that I learned so much about myself and my life pivoted on that pen pal relationship. And I did feel really good about myself in that she had expressed that I was helping her through those letters. And I was so measurable. There was so much goodness in it. I was like, what other untapped goodness is out there beyond this relationship with Dana? So I think I got into it because I was 
my dad called it the great social experiment. I think I wanted to go into this uncharted waters and just see what would happen. Mm -hmm. I think it was like an experimental, you know, and again, I didn't intend to change anybody's heart. I didn't intend to, to do anything that happened after it. And that's what made it so magical. What was the most surprising thing about it? And that's what I love about your confidence angle, because it gave me such confidence that I could make a difference just from being a normal woman, trying to stay married, trying not to screw up my kids, that I have this power, that we all have this power. And that's why I'm on a mission to share the story, because we could all take part in this. I, I didn't have to get a reply to know that those letters made a difference. And it was just so off the charts over and over again, people told me, I'm going to save your letter in a special place for the rest of my life. And that we have the power to do that with each other. It's incredible. And the reason why I asked the, the, the question before that was, was it for you or was it for, the, sometimes it starts out, it's more of a you from an experiment type of a thing, but then you realize it touches deeply touches so many people like a gift. The The responses that you got out of the, did you say 580? Is that what? Oh, 580, yeah. 580 plus your first writing campaign. I know the first writing campaign you guys created, really created a pen pal relationship, a deep trusting pen pal relationship. With the other people, did you continue writing? What was their response and how did they respond back with a handwritten letter? Did they respond back with an email? What did you find from that group? From that group, my response rate was about 77%. And that, but that, that includes, I talked to you at Target. And yeah. that was always my fear. I was going to run into the letter people. So, <laughs> yeah, why would that be a fear? That'd be cool. Maybe you're yeah, right. You know. it, it was super cool, but right. it was like this intimacy that was created oh, in the letter right. okay. and like sure. feelings.com. No, it wasn't really a fear. <laughs> it was just another level of this whole experiment or the whole process yeah, project. Yeah. But, but by and large, I think probably 60% of those responses were handwritten because people felt. Hmm. People a certain, not even just of a certain age. I was writing people because my son was in high school, my older son, when we when I did the project. So I had teenagers write me back who'd never written a letter. Mm-hmm. So I, they felt compelled. A lot of people felt compelled to write with a handwritten letter, and they found it a novelty that they could yeah. write a handwritten letter back. Yeah. But people shared they shared so much with me because again, when you feel like someone reaches out to you individually in this world that we've depersonalized and I, mm-hmm. and there's every place for instantaneous communication is a great thing. And I also think social media, though it definitely has its detractors. I would not be talking to you. This story would not have happened without mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great jump off point for relationships, mm-hmm. but people shared very personal, very intimate details of their life with me because they felt like I was their real friend. I think that makes a great point. It, from what I can see from this, writing letters, like I've intimated before in, in the show, it's a it's very personal. It's it's it is more personal than Facebook. And I think maybe we see that because we lived back then when that was a thing, and we know what goes into that. Whereas it's been a lost art for now, probably a generation and a half. But the roots go deeper with a personal letter versus just saying, hey, taking the time and the effort, not only to write the letter, but to research, find out what their likes and their dislikes, find out where they're at in their life, and then come to them with no intentions. Really, you didn't have any intentions of them writing back at all. It was just an absolute gift to them to say, there's somebody out here that I'm in like your outer tribe circle, maybe, right? I, we haven't seen each other forever. Somebody out here cares enough to do that. And I had no idea. It was like unleashing this beast. And the, the, the other great takeaway, when you reach out to me, 
and with nothing but goodwill on the line. That's what, like you said, there was no real angle in this mm-hmm. other than it was it was an adrenaline rush for me. That's why it was easy to continue doing it. But if I reach out to you or you reach out to me and then I reply in kind with nothing but goodwill on the line, then all of a sudden, all that stuff that separates us, all the things, I wrote a lot of these letters during the 2016 presidential election campaign cycle. And mm-hmm. so that's, I think, when the dividing lines really started to be drawn. Maybe we could discuss that. But all of a sudden, if I reach out, you reach out, I reach out back to you, all that stuff still matters, but it just starts to just dissipate. Mm-hmm. And then we realize that what's the most important thing is this connection between you and me. And that is such a powerful point because over and over again, I, read to, I wrote to people who I know didn't vote like I did, who I know didn't specifically believe this, right. this set of beliefs. And who cares? Who cares? Because that's my friend. Tony's right. my friend from high school. And I and, and that's the other element of this, of this message that's so powerful is that it, it is a way we can meet in that in the promised land of human connection because there's this chasm between us right now. But it is a way for me to reach out, reach my hand across and you reach back. It's like a safe space where we can be like, that's all true. All this, these bullets are flying over our head. But yeah. we, we, one person, one connection, one handshake at a time, we can tur- turn the tide. Yeah, it, what really matters, and right. it is to make the connection underneath the the din, so to speak, underneath all the nonsense that's going on. Did you find, from a confidence standpoint, from a self esteem standpoint, from uh, in a, a self empowering standpoint, how did it impact you? And then, how do you feel it impacted the receivers of your letters? I, I think it was so empowering because I became at a, at a very little investment. I, be, I, I became somebody who could wield this power, this power for good and a badass in a way with a pen and an envelope. So it absolutely empowered me. And I think when we feel like we can make a difference in someone else's life, or we know we've made a difference, it absolutely gives us confidence to go next level with a lot of other different things in our lives. We see we have that power because, and and I think what you said about loneliness is absolutely true. When I read a statistic that they somebody was saying the disconnection, the disconnect, the loneliness people feel because the isolation that we feel from social media is more harmful. This was like a PhD at BYU. It's more harmful than alcohol abuse or obesity. You know? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, especially on depression and putting you in. Yeah. And it takes its toll physically. Absolutely. And then, and I think that and I, I can't speak for all 580 of these people. I've spoken to a lot of them in real life since the letter writing. I wrote a book about the, the letter writing. What I didn't, I didn't intend to write that book either. But mm-hmm. just in speaking to people, it absolutely, over and over again, people are like, the timing of your letter, the timing of your letter was perfect. And I'm literally pulling names out of a box over here. And But again, it, it truly impacted them in a way that I would think that it gave them confidence because they matter. When we find when we feel like we matter to someone else, that's what love and connection is all about. We know that we matter to our spouses or our children or our BFFs or some random girl outside of your mailbox. That gives you confidence because you're like, I matter, therefore I can. I matter and I can go do. I love it. So powerful. The pen is mightier than the sword. The smallest actions are the ones that that make the the biggest impact. That's a Mother Teresa quote right there. So, so given the power of this very small gesture, can be a small gesture. How would one go about starting this process? What would you suggest? What I would suggest is the number one rule in letter writing is Tony. There are no rules because this has got to fit. 
and I tell people this all the time, I'm wordy and my letters were like two page minimum. That was one of my little rules I gave myself. But literally this can be done with a four by six card from Target or Walmart in five sentences. Or you can write a treatise if that's what's in your heart. I And I think that just, and I, I would say just, Make a goal. I'm going to write one letter next week and see what happens. I'm going to write one letter a week for the next three weeks and just see what happens. And there are no rules. You you just sit down. Like I said, what I would do is think about those, go through the steps of who is this person? What is their life really like? Whether you really know them or you don't know them or you're going to go research them. And then what do they mean to me? That's where the secret sauce is. That's where those two steps and then sit down and write the letter. And I would think that there would, that for you, there's really no expectation past that, right? The whole point is to do your gratitude letter writing, send it out and then let the vibes just go with, do you have any expectation at all in terms of receiving anything? No, I don't. And if I said I didn't at first, I wondered, the great thing about the project, the, the scale of this project was I lost track. I lose track. I, I'm a numbers girl. I've, tried, I've, I've, I've documented everything, but I, I could not keep up with the replies. And that was great because that also lessened my, I almost was like, oh my gosh, if they reply, then I have to reply back. And how, how, then you keep going and going. Did you do that? Did it keep going and going and going? With, or s- with a few people it did. Okay. And I walked away feeling guilty with some of the people because what I realized was some of the people shared things that they needed a real friend for. And I did reply, but then I realized if I take care of my circle and their circle takes care of them, then we've all taken care of each circle. But the, but that didn't take away from the, like the good act of like, I care about you. But I really yes. have to be careful in saying that too, though, because you have to be able to follow through on those promises. And actually, now you got to think about establishing boundaries, right? I learned so much about that too. And you have to be very deliberate. That's why the letter, the note doesn't have to be long. That's why you should be careful of what you said. But it will never be wrong to say, hey, Tony, thank you. Hey, Tony, I'm sorry. Hey, Tony, congratulations. Whatever it is you got to say in four sentences, that is never going to be wrong. And you're never, ever going to be too late. It, it will never be too late. I had several people pass away as I wrote the letters. And on, and on one, the one hand, there were the people who never got a letter because they passed away before I got, but mm-hmm. the precious few who I got to say something to and then who passed away. And it's just, it's never too late, but you, you can do it again, like in five cents and writing 600 letters is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. No, I'm not advocating that. Yeah, I, exactly. But it's the point. It's a point of doing it. It's a point of pointing, putting it out there and creating this really valuable gift, such a simple, but such a poignant and such an impactful gift to somebody that, that right. would be. And if you've never received a handwritten letter before, because a lot of my clients are in the you know, 20s, 30s, even the early 40s, never received a handwritten letter. That's it. It is it is quite a gift. And it's and right. so Amy, thank you so much for that. That was amazing. I hope this catches on. I really do. In fact, I'm going to write a letter. I actually don't know who to at this point, but I'm going to figure out and write because I forgot. You get you grow older and you get involved in social media and everything's easier. Email's easier. And so right. you, you, for, you forget about that, but how personal and how uh, touching that a personal letter can be. So thank you. Now you are a speaker. You are a coach. You got the whole thing happening. You are at Amy, is it amydaughters.com? Is that where Amy, you are? Yep, amydaughters.com. And, yeah. and then where else can they find you? Or do you have, uh, you got a book, you got something out there. What's what's up with you? Yeah, I have a book. I have two books, but my second book is called Dear Dana. That time I went crazy and wrote all 580. <laughs> what a great title. The longest subtitle in publishing history. Yes, but poignant, right? From somebody who wrote 600 letters. 
Right. And, and right. that takes the two stories and weaves them together. Right. And, it, and again, I didn't intend to write this book. It is, it, it, it's a great book because it, it's a story of, and it, there's a lot of the replies I got and the letters snapshots 52 letters and takes you through what I learned blow by blow. But yeah, you can find me on amydaughters.com. The books are wherever books are sold. The links are on my website. I'd love to hear from anyone. Email me. You can connect with me through my website, through Facebook, Instagram, but I'd love to talk to anybody about letter writing, chat it up. So just feel free to reach out to me. Okay, great. I love it. Amy Dar, thank you so very much for coming on. This I I just love this letter writing thing and and again, I hope it spreads out somehow some way. Thanks a lot for letting me share my story, Tony. I appreciate it. Not a problem. And you know where to get a hold of me. It's tonydufrain.com if you can't spell it because nobody can. I mean, I can't even sometimes. It's theconfidencedoc.com. I will have the show notes with all of Amy's contact information underneath on YouTube or on the podcast platforms. I hope things are good and I will see you next week.